Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith, president of Ministry Watch, and I'd like to welcome you back to the Ministry Watch podcast. Today, I welcome back to the program Amy McClintock with the Strategic Resource Group, which is an organization that funds projects to reach unreached people groups in the Middle East and North Africa, the so-called MENA region of the world. Two years ago, I started reporting on a new initiative by the Strategic Resource Group that, if successful, could have a dramatic impact on the way we do Bible translation. They're using a so-called Translation Service Provider, or TSP, which is an organization that normally translates contracts, treaties, maybe movie scripts or books, all manner of other material. And they're using, again, these organizations to translate the Bible instead. The company that it's using is called LinguaLinks, and I wrote my first article about this process, and you can fill yourself in on the background of LinguaLinks and some of the other issues uh, by going to an article I wrote in August of 2021, and I'll have a link to that article in today's show notes. Now, one aspect of this project that is different from those undertaken by traditional Bible translation organizations is the remarkable degree of transparency that SRG has shown to me during this process. Last year, for example, I checked in with Amy and her predecessor, Jane Shane, in both January and August, every six months. Uh, And in January of this year, we talked again to get updates on the project, and that's what we're doing today. Now, the very fact that Amy and SRG are allowing me to have these regular check-ins is dramatically different from the way the Bible translation industry normally operates. It's an industry that's cloaked in secrecy and layers of bureaucracy. In fact, for the past three years or so, I've written about 30 articles on the Bible translation world and its practices, and I'll have links to some of those articles as well in today's show notes. I encourage you to check them out. But until then, here's my conversation with Amy McClintock. Well, Amy, welcome back to the program. I'm uh, very excited to chat with you about uh, the Translation Service Provider Project. Uh, It's been a couple of years since I started following this project, and originally Jane was um, the leader uh, of that project, and that transitioned over to you, and I had both you and Jane on the program back in January, and uh, kind of promised you and promised our listeners that every six months or so, we would just do a check-in to see how things were going. So uh, let's, first of all, just start there. Uh, How is the project going? Uh, Are you on time and on budget? And... um, you know, what What are um, some things you'd like to share now? Sure, yeah. So we're speaking specifically about the Hijazi project, I believe, uh, which was the first one that we started with a translation service provider. And it is still on time and it is still on budget. Uh, so we are expecting the full project to be complete by the end of this year, 2023, the written and audio recording of the uh, full scriptures. Um, however, we have hit a little bit of a speed bump with our translation service provider here recently. Um, 
you know, we do the project in batches. And so they do a batch at a time and then send that over. Our team reviews it. We go back and forth. And when we got to the batch involving Isaiah, unfortunately, the quality wasn't very good, um, was nowhere near the quality they'd been providing us before. And so uh, since then, we've been going back and forth with them on trying to find a new translator that could work. Um, and unfortunately, as of now, they haven't been able to source anyone. Uh, but I did tell you it's still on time. That's because our team hasn't slowed down the work. So some of our reviewers in the meantime have transitioned to be translators so that we can keep the project moving forward. So uh, is was this expected? Is this kind of normal with a project that lasts for a couple of years that you will um, have to make these kinds of pivots or was this uh, a surprise? One of the very early learnings the team had in the project was that we needed to have options and a deep bench. They use that term a lot. We need a deep bench. So we need options so that if something like this did happen, we would have other people that we could pull into the mix. And so early on, Al Fadi, the leader of the team by way of translation and review, noticed that. And so started building people amongst his team, within his team, that he could use in these purposes if he needed to. So... As we've learned with TSPs, um, you know, translators could come and go for various reasons. Maybe they get scared of doing the work because security issues, they get sick, life happens, you know, just with any type of job. So thus far, though, the TSP has been able to provide another translator anytime one of theirs is no longer able to continue until we've reached this point. Um, but like I said, because we had learned early on that we needed a, that deep bench, Al had people on his team that he could pull in that could start doing translating in the meantime. So just to uh, reiterate and for the purpose of clarity, uh, when you started this project, you were hoping to do a complete translation of the Bible for about a million dollars. And uh, the, uh, I mean, the time frame um, has moved around a little bit, but if you finish it by the end of the year, that will be less than three years for a million dollars. Is that still an accurate description of this project? By way of time frame, yes. Uh, by way of the budget, no. It's actually looking like the translation cost and review costs will be about $500,000. Um, so what we estimated previously, that million, we can take that other 500000 and use it towards distribution and communication of the scripture. Well, uh, so in some sense, that sounds even better, right? I mean, even uh, but but the and 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 I'm also comparing it to what I'm seeing in the Bible translation industry writ large, uh, where sometimes it might take as much as ten years and as much as ten to fifteen million or even more dollars to do a translation. So, given that context, if what I have just said is accurate, and I would welcome your correction if it's not. Um, it sounds like that this could be a real game changer uh, within the Bible translation world. I mean, are you seeing, um, are, you, are, you, are you also uh, seeing that, coming to that conclusion, or are you seeing others uh, that are having their eyes open to this as well? Yeah, you know, we've started to build good relationships within the E10 world, the E10 Innovation Lab, as well as Mission Mutual. And Mission Mutual is actually conducting an external review of the Hijazi project um, so that someone other than SRG can look at it and say, in fact, the process is sound. Uh, it is quicker, but the quality is still, you know, the integrity of the scripture is still there. And so, uh, yeah, we do think it could be a game changer. Certainly, we want to do what we're doing well, and um, others can hopefully learn from that. And that's what we're hoping that this, this external review 
They can take the learnings that we've had and share them with others. Um, we're also implementing this same process and methodology in some of our ministry partner projects. So we do have some ministry partners that are doing translation as well, um, but we're using the same process and model as OTSB, the same speed, um, although maybe you know ministry partners are actually doing the translation. Well, let me um, sort of step back a little bit from the Hijazi project. Uh, SRG is committed to doing, in round numbers, about 34 or 35 Bible translations. Uh, my recollection is that the using the TSPs um, with Hijazi, is um, you're also going to use it with a couple of other Bible translations. What's the... What's the timeline and the progress that you're making on, I think, two, are there two other Bible translations that you're working on now? Yes. Well, we're working on, we have, I believe, 16 underway, but yes, two more with a translation service provider. The second one was Siraki. That one was started shortly after Hijazi and will also be completed this year by the end of 2023. Uh, that's a Pakistani language. And then the third is Gulf Arabic. The dialect that we're going to work in is Katifi. And that project will likely start here in the next month or two. Um, it'll be with a different TSP than we've been working with thus far. Uh, but uh, we're excited to bring another onto the, onto the mix because another learning that we had early on too was trying to find more than just one TSP. Um, and thus far, we just haven't been able to find another that could work in one of the languages that we would like to do work in. So we're excited to bring another into the mix and give us you know, a, a little bit, again, deeper bench, but within our uh, translation service providers. So the one you've been working with, um, again, my recollection is it's a company called LinguaLinks. Um, are, are you looking for a second one just because, again, you want to, uh, you know, enlarge your bench or uh, has there been any dissatisfaction with LinguaLinks? No, LinguaLinks has been a great partner, uh, and we would certainly be happy to do more work with them. It's just we, as we've been trying to source people that can work in these languages, it's been really difficult to find people. The, the organization or the TSP that we're going to bring on board soon is called Not to Column, and they work with refugees, so indigenous refugees who are um, trained, actually, linguists and, and translators. And it just so happens that there's a few languages they may be able to work in for us, one of them being the Gulf Arabic Katifi dialect. So, uh, you know, one of the issues that um, I think is important here is the ability to scale. I mean, it's one thing to sort of cherry pick a couple of three languages, four or five languages, or even eight or ten languages and use a TSP. But as you know, Amy, in fact, you know this much, much better than I do because you, this is the world you live in. You know, there are 7,000 languages in the world, probably only about 3,500 of them have, you know, Bible translations or projects underway. And um, that, that, so, you know, being able to, I mean, doing one language for $500,000 in a three-year period is a game changer. Um, doing these other languages is good as well. But what is your sense about whether this, this process is going to be able to scale to dozens or scores or even potentially hundreds of languages. Is that a realistic expectation for this process? I mean, speaking to our 34 languages, so there's 34 that we want to do work in. Four of those are complete, so that leaves 30. And right now we're talking about potentially having a third with a TSP, so that's a tenth. Um, and in, in the larger scale, of course, that would be, if we're talking 7,000 languages, what, 700? So even if you could do 700, 
in three years with with a less uh, budget, that could help overall, right, to offset uh, some of the work happening in the other languages. I will just say from R34, it has not been as easy as we maybe thought that it might be, simply because the languages that we're working in are really unique uh, and difficult, and therefore there, there just isn't, uh, you can't just call up a TSP and get, you know, someone to do something in Eastern Egypt Egyptian Bedouin, just, it's not as common. So I can't speak to the other languages that uh, I know that E10 is working on simply because I'm not familiar with them. But what I can tell you that I think is scalable is the process. So as we've been developing the process with the TSP, uh, we've been writing down that methodology and really project managing it from our standpoint. So there's actual accountability and project management. That part I think is definitely scalable. Um, and just you can implement that, that, that you can implement that then across as many languages that you, as you want, which is what we're doing now. So whether we have a TSP or a ministry partner, we're implementing the process and the project management across all of our projects. You mentioned that y'all were working with E10. Um, you know, E10 is made up of some of the largest Bible translation organizations in the world. Uh, are you um, encountering any cultural resistance from uh, them where they're having to sort of, uh, you know, really look outside a paradigm that in some cases has existed for decades or maybe in a few cases even as much as a half century or more? Um, are, are, are they embracing this? Are they resisting this? Or is it somewhere in between? Our team has been working to develop relationships specifically within the E10 Innovation Lab. Um, which, of course, is a subset of the larger E10 organization, as I understand it. And that group has been extremely welcoming and gracious to us and wants to hear what we're doing. And I think they also, again, from what I understand, I don't want to speak on their behalf, but are trying to drive forward, just like their name says, innovation and change and learning to help reach these all access goals. And so they're interested in learning what we're doing and how we're doing it. So I met with the Innovation Lab in December in person here in Orlando. I walked them through our process. And of course they had questions and they wanted to understand, but they were really embracing the idea. Um, and so we've continued conversations with them to share our learnings. And in fact, talked about potentially, you know, partnering on a TSP project where they've got a TSP that says they can work in a certain language. It's one of our languages. And then perhaps could we partner together on this and um, do the work together. So we'll see where that goes. Right. Well, so let's fast forward a little bit. So you're, you're going to have Hijazi done by the end of the year. You're going to have a second language done by the end of the year. You're going to have a third language started using the TSP model and the project management uh, process that you have put in place. Um, hopefully, if you're still willing, <laughs> whenever I call you again in January, which will be, of course, after the end of the year, um, I, would it be a realistic expectation for me to say, hey, you know, you said back in July, these two languages would be finished. Um, that would be a reasonable expectation to ask, are they in fact finished? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's the plan. That's the prayer. Exactly. And so um, so what happens from here? Are you going to look for other languages that that will fit into this TSP project management model? Or um, are you going to kind of declare victory on um, this um, skunk works, this experiment, this innovation, and say, okay, world, here it is. It's yours now. Take it and do with it as you will. Or is it going to be a both and? 
I think for us, the TSP model is still the way to go. It's just, like I said, it's not that simple. And so we're trying to work every angle when we have a new project, we're ready to start. Um, so with Katifi, for example, we had a ministry partner come to us and say, hey, I can do the translation. And we said, okay, that's good. But if we can find a TSP, your services would be better used in the theological review, the linguistic review, if we can get you a first draft. And so because we had resources ready that could review, we started to really push hard on finding the TSP. So when we have a new language like that, that we're ready to get going in, we try to work all the angles. Like I said, I think the TSP model is ideal for us because it gets us a first draft and we can use our very limited resources by way of uh, folks that we know from our ministry partner network to do that linguistic and theological review, because that's a specialized training that we can't just find anywhere. So we want to make sure we use their resources to the best of their capabilities. So if you were a betting person, and I'm not saying that you should be, but if you were a betting person, um, you know, you've got 34 languages that that are sort of in your target uh, uh, for completion. Uh, if 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 we look back five years from now, and uh, what would be your best guess about how many of them were completed via this TSP project management process, and how many of them were completed in other ways? Would it be three out of the 34, or half of the 34, or more? Good question. Yeah, and I haven't thought of it in that that term. So, like I said, right now we're about 10 percent, right, and we haven't started everything. Knowing how difficult it's to find TSPs to translate in some of these languages, I think maybe if we said 25 to 30%, that might be good. That might be okay um, for what we're doing. And if we have ministry partners that can do the rest in the same process in the same time frame, we're still accomplishing the goal and still accomplishing the same mission, getting the scripture to people that need it, that have never had it in a much quicker time frame and for a lot less money. So I, honestly, I, I don't know if any of us on our team necessarily care how the translation gets done, as long as it's done and the integrity of the scripture is not compromised. That's so huge for us. It's not that we're just trying to get it done and be fast about it. We want it to be a quality and integrity scripture. So whether the draft comes from a TSP or our ministry partner, I don't know if we necessarily, you know, I don't know if, if, if it really necessarily matters to us as long as it's getting done. Right. Uh, just to step back even further and uh, maybe to put this in context, so the Hijazi uh, language is almost complete. Um, how many people speak the Hijazi language? How many folks will now have scripture in their mother tongue or heart language, if I could put it that way? So Hijazi is it's about 10.8 million people. Right, right. So uh, just that alone is a remarkable accomplishment, and I really congratulate you on that. And uh, yeah, so with um, your permission, Amy, I will um, uh, ask now publicly if I can talk to you again in January and see where we stand. Yes, of course. Always happy to chat. Great. Well, listen, Amy, thank you so much for taking a few minutes with me to give us an update. I'm excited for the progress that you've made and the learnings that you have gleaned. And, uh, you know, as somebody now that's been covering the Bible translation world for a couple of three years, um, I can tell you from where I sit, this looks like it could be a real game changer, um, not only, of course, for the people 
that um, you're serving the you know the Hijazi speaking people and others, but also um, you know has the potential to really revolutionize the Bible translation world at, as a, at large. So congratulations on that and thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to my conversation with. Amy McClintock of Strategic Resource Group, and we've been talking about uh, SRG's initiative to translate the Bible into uh, languages of unreached people groups in the Middle East and North Africa region. Again, I would encourage you to go to the show notes for today's program. I've got links to a lot of articles that I've already written about the Bible translation industry and about this process, and I think you'll find them helpful. Now, before we go, I'd like to remind you that Ministry Watch itself is donor-supported. We take no money from the Ministries Recover. All of our content is free, no obnoxious paywall. That means we couldn't do what we do without faithful donors like many of you. You guys, in fact, are the real heroes of this enterprise. So if you'd like to join that heroic group by pitching in to make sure that Ministry Watch remains a viable endeavor, you can go to ministrywatch.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page. And if you donate during the month of July, we'll send you as our thanks a copy of my book, Faith-Based Fraud, Learning from the Great Religious Scandals of Our Time. Again, go to the ministrywatch.com website and hit the donate button at the top of the page. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosal and Jeff McIntosh. We get database technical and editorial support from Stephen DeBerry, Christina Darnell, Rod Pitzer, and Casey Suddeth. I'm your host, Warren Smith, and until next time, may God bless you.